Hello, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and of course, this is Treks in Sci-Fi, show number 68 for August the 13th, 2006. Going to discuss a good TNG episode this week, along with some other uh, information and news, so stand by. Here we go. as usual, I want to welcome everyone to the show, to the podcast. Uh, if you're new, if you've listened for a long time, ever since the good old Betacast uh, way, way back, hey, I wanted to uh, mention this week that we're coming up on uh, actually the one-year anniversary of Trucks and Sci-Fi podcast. I think uh, there's quite a few podcasts that I listen to, and a lot of them have been hitting sort of milestones lately, one-year anniversaries, 100th episode, things like that, and I think, if I remember correctly, the first podcast I put out for Treks in Sci-Fi was like the first weekend, like Labor Day weekend last year in in September, September 3rd or somewhere around there. And this year, of course, it, we have a, sort of a double milestone, at least for me, on Labor Day weekend. It will be the official 40th anniversary of Star Trek, which started back in uh, early September of 1966. And, of course, it will be also the the one-year anniversary of uh, Treks and Sci-Fi, of the podcast. So I want to uh, kind of sort of as a prelude, I guess, to all that and just kind of mention and, and thank everyone who's listened to the show over the many, many months that I've done it, participated on the forums and the website, sent in your, your voice and, and emails and everything like that to, to help make this podcast uh, just a lot of fun for me to do and keeps me uh, interested and, and enjoying uh, doing it uh, in the future. I haven't uh, I haven't quite worked out what I'm gonna do as far as anything special for the the sort of anniversary show, let's call it. Uh, it will probably be different than the normal format uh, to you know just to maybe play some old clips from old shows. Talk about all the different episodes I've looked at. Uh, hopefully, maybe get some listeners on through either a uh, voicemail or regular email and make some comments, uh, you know, about the podcast, maybe what they've liked. But I'll discuss that in the upcoming couple of weeks that we've got still before then. It'll, like I said, that kind of anniversary show will, it looks like, probably will end up being like Labor Day weekend this uh, coming this early September. Wanted to mention uh, my friend uh, Scott Johnson over at the excellent Extra Life uh, Radio and Extra Life podcast. He has uh, offered or um, allowed me to create a new little segment for his show, which is going to start. Their shows come out uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning each week. Extra Life Radio, and if you like a you know if you're a geek out there and you like a funny show with a lot of well a lot of really funny guys, uh, I definitely suggest you listen to Extra Life Radio. But I'm going to do a you know, two-minute or so segment each week on his show starting this week called Rico's Reviews, which I'm going to look at a uh, classic uh, or maybe not-so-classic sci-fi movie, TV show, book, or something that I'll be talking about for just a couple of minutes just to get people interested in some things they may not have uh, you know, watched or paid attention to yet, uh, things that are a little more obscure, although occasionally I'll throw a review in something that's current and hot like a new movie that might come out. So there's uh, something for you if you're a fan of this show that you might want to check out Extra Life Radio. Uh, like I said, comes out usually uh, Wednesday mornings, and you can get it via iTunes or just go to uh, myextralife.com and check it out. I'm still going about another, uh, probably about another week or so If uh, on these. Um, I've been working on the T-shirt thing, like I've said on the podcast before, I'm going to post uh, some info on the main page at treksf.com about them, even if you're not a forum member, so you can see what I'm, I'm talking about as far as t-shirts. That'll show up sometime in the next couple of days on the main website. And I'm just looking for some feedback. Send me an email if you'd be interested in a shirt. Uh, 
I'm going to put a couple of choices up and some information. It's looking like probably sometime in the next few weeks I will be ordering some, and then they will, of course, go out to those who who pre-order. I'm going to try to do pre-orders for this, and I'll probably order also a few extra just in case people don't pre-order, so I have a few around, but I'm going to try to do sort of a bulk order, and that way I can save a little bit of money for everyone on it and have some shirts. So keep an eye out on that if you're interested in a T-shirt. It'll usually, or usually, I think, is going to have the usual... The logo for uh, the podcast on the back of the shirt, and then it'll say like Trex and Sci-Fi Podcast on the front. Uh, again, all the details will be posted up for you to see, so take a look for that if you'd like a t-shirt. I think right now I'm going to just toss out some uh, sci-fi uh, and other news, just little tidbits, things that I've been noticing and, and reading this week online. Uh, the first one the Battlestar Galactica Ron Moore uh, Sci-Fi Channel series, which doesn't restart again until October, they're doing a kind of uh, clip show, you know, a little bring everyone up to speed if you're not up on Galactica. They do these a lot usually, especially when a show's been gone for a little while, like they've had a pretty long hiatus in between the second and third season now. The show is going to be called The Story So Far, and from what I'm reading, it's going to pop up on the Sci-Fi Channel periodically and uh, over the next couple of months, starting, I think, mostly in September and then in October also. Just keep an eye on your local listings for the Sci-Fi Channel. It's going to show up on a couple other networks, the USA Network. I think Bravo is going to carry it, and it's also going to be ending up uh, on iTunes. Not sure if it's going to be free on iTunes or if you're going to have to pay for it. Probably they'll make you pay for it, but keep an eye. It's an it's a one hour long uh, or approximately one hour long special. The story so far about Battlestar Galactica, and it's also I think from what I've read going to be included in the second half of the DVD set for the second season. You know they released the first half of the second season on DVD already, and the second half is coming out in September I believe. And that second half will include a disc with this uh, special on there. So if you pick up that, you'll have this as well. Which, uh, it's nice to do this, bring everyone up to speed on the show, and, and they usually have some interesting interviews on those kind of things and that. So so keep an eye out for that. Another uh, piece of news that I saw was that the um, TV Land Network, TV Land uh, Cable Channel, has gotten the rights to the original Star Trek series. And they're going to start showing this. Actually, they're going to have a uh, kind of a special on, on again, Labor Day weekend with the 40th anniversary. I think it's Labor Day weekend. Might be the weekend after that. I have to, again, check your local listings if you get TV land. But they are going to be showing the original series. And I think the first weekend that they start this, they're going to show like three or four episodes. The first one being the first episode that they ever showed of Star Trek on TV called The Man Trap, which was, you know, a very early, obviously, first season episode. Probably actually not one of the best to lead off Star Trek with. Definitely not a uh, prime example of Trek. It's kind of a monster of the week uh, story, but keep an eye on TV Land if you're interested in see some uh, TOS uh, episodes again. Along with, of course, the um, G4 channel, I think, is still showing those. So lots of Star Trek showing up on TV these days. And the last bit of news that I wanted to mention is that Christopher Nolan, who did, uh, he was a director, uh, did such a great job with Batman Begins last summer, is very close to a deal with Universal Pictures to produce, produce, uh, or actually not produce, direct, I'm sorry, direct a feature film of the old Patrick McGowan, I'm not saying his name right, um, Patrick's uh, old The Prisoner series, BBC series, that was in the 1960s, I believe, was when it first came out, uh, which is which is a great little series. It's only like 17 episodes long. It's about a a, a secret agent guy that's that's basically kidnapped, placed on an island, given a number. He's called Number Six, and their their goal always is to get him to explain why he resigned from this secret uh, government agency he worked for that he was an agent with, and he goes into this uh, village place. Uh, sort of weird little setup on this island everyone's uh, been is called a number not their name it's it's a great show if you ever get a chance to see it uh, i think it's out on dvd and his uh christopher nolan is going to be directing a sort of contemporary version of the prisoner 
And I, I really thought he did a great job with Batman Begins, so I think there's a lot to be said for this this project, and I will be watching it closely. And I think uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for all the news and tidbits. I, I don't have a lot of uh, email to go over. I did that on the Wednesday show, so we're going to get right into uh, the Star Trek episode for this week. And the, the episode this week is going to be uh, from the next generation, from the second season that I'm going to cover. And I'm going to do a full episode again, commentary on this. It'll be a little easier, and there's a lot of good dialogue and everything in this episode. The one we're going to look at now is called Q Who, which was from the second season. It is uh, probably, I think, the second episode that you see Q. You see him in, of course, the pilot encounter at Farpoint in The Next Generation. And then you see him again in this episode from kind of the later part of the second season. This episode, Q Who, though, the the biggest thing about this episode is that this is the episode that first introduces the Borg to, you know, the the world of Star Trek. They had, uh, for a while, wanted to use the Ferengi as the new villains, kind of like the Klingons were on the original series, but the Ferengi didn't really turn out to be menacing enough, and they then decided they needed a new villain, and they created the Borg. This episode was written by uh, Morris... Hurley, who wrote uh, several early episodes in The Next Generation, and it is, um, it's a great episode. There's a lot of good stuff, Guinan's in it, uh, Q, of course, the Borg, uh, I mean, you've got a lot of great elements in this episode. So without any further ado, I'll talk during the episode uh, periodically. Let's get into Q Who. Please. <laughs> we uh, we don't ordinarily say please to food dispensers around here. Well, since it's listed as intelligence circuitry, why not? After all, working with so much artificial intelligence can be dehumanizing, right? So why not combat that tendency with a little simple courtesy? Ah, thank you. Someone who just arrived. You certainly aren't shy with your opinions. Have I been talking too much? No. Oh, I, I do tend to have a bit of a motor mouth, especially when I'm excited. And you don't know how exciting it is to have gotten this assignment. Everyone in class, I mean everyone, wants the Enterprise. I mean, it would have been all right to spend Of course, everybody wants to be on the Enterprise. I liked it when they made Jordy the engineer. I thought that was a good move. Uh, he, he did a good job, and he didn't really need another character on the bridge. Kind of opened things up a lot. I know. You're excited. Look, Sonia... Yes? I don't think you want to be around these control stations with that hot chocolate, do you? Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't even have this in engineering. It's just we were talking. I forgot I had it in my hand. Um, I'm going to go finish it over here. I think she kind of likes Jordy. What do you guys think? I, I don't know. Lieutenant LaForge, this is not going to happen again. <gasps> oh, no! Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Captain. Uh, actually, it's it's my fault, sir. Indeed. Oh, I wasn't looking. It's all over you. Yes, Ensign, it's all over me. <laughs> this is hilarious. Ensign, uh, Ensign... Oh, Ensign Sonia Gomez. Ensign Gomez is a recent Academy graduate, Captain. She just transferred over at Starbase 173. Is that so? Well, Ensign Sonia Gomez, I think it will be simpler if I simply change my uniform. Captain, I must accept full responsibility for this. Yes, Chief Engineer, I think I understand. I just want to say, sir, that I'm very excited about this assignment, and I promise to serve you and my ship, your ship, this ship. To you the know, Jean-Luc uh, Picard, Patrick Stewart, was always kind of stiff the first few seasons, uh, which is okay. He's the captain, but it really works well in that scene. He's... Um, you know, they're really afraid of him. First impressions, right? Isn't that what they say? First impressions are the most important? I'll give you this. It's a meeting the captain won't soon forget. Oh. Deck nine, officer's quarters. Crewman, what is going Welcome, on? Welcome, Picard, to Shuttlecraft 6. Q. There, there, haven't we been careless? A little cleaning service I'm only too happy to provide. We agreed you would never trouble my ship again. I always keep my arrangements, sir. Look, 
We're nowhere near your vessel. I think it slipped my mind. Q definitely, I think, was in another episode uh, prior to this, but after Encounter at Farpoint. I'm flipping through my good old Star Trek Next Generation companion right now. I think there was one that involved him and the Ferengi, perhaps? These are the voyages of a starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Yeah, it's the um, the episode "Hide and Q" from the first season was another Q episode. That was the one where I think he believes um, he gives Riker the Q power, and that of course turns out to be a pretty interesting episode with that all going on this episode q who a couple things about the borg that i'll say right now they originally conceived let's turn this sound back background sound down a little bit the borg was originally were originally conceived to be sort of an insect-like race instead of this cybernetic race that you end up with but they decided to drop that idea for budget reasons uh an insect race would have been really hard to do at this time there wasn't really a lot of CGI in the original TNG, so it um, it was easier to do the Borg, even though a lot of the Borg uh, outfits and cybernetic parts and everything like that cost them a lot of money. So let's get back uh, to the uh, to the episode with Gomez and uh, Jordy. Oh, no, 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 I can't do that. You know, you're awfully young to be so driven. Yes, I am. I had to be. I had to be the best because only the best get to be here. Jordy, Lieutenant. It's okay. Go on. I think Gomez turns up in a few episodes. Whatever is out here, we're going to be the first the, um, to see it. And I want to be a part of it. She that. looks familiar to me. I the actress's name is Lycia Nath. Sonia, uh, not really sure where I've seen her before, You've but... Made it, but you won't last long banging into walls. It'll be there for you. Believe me. Okay. Look. I promise I won't let anything exciting slip past without letting you know, okay? They're in for a uh, pretty exciting time in this episode, so that's uh, that's a definite. Now we're in uh, Ten Forward. Ten Forward was a great addition to, to Next Generation. It allowed you to see a, uh, a casual side of crewmen, obviously put Guinan into the show. And it was really, really a great uh, addition to uh, to the sets and everything like that. Basically, you have Guinan uh, sensing something, some presence out there. This, this though, is not uh, well. What I'm trying to say here is this is the, I think, first meeting up of Guinan and Q in Next Generation, what you see at least on screen. Bridge, this is 10 forward. Guinan? I don't remember you ever calling the bridge before. Is everything all right? How do you mean? Is there anything unusual happening? No, Guinan, nothing out of the ordinary. Why do you ask? I'm not sure. Just a feeling. The second a uh, second season of Next Generation also created the whole uh, beard uh, thing on Commander Riker, which I thought was a great move. Also, gives him a lot of character. He had sort of a kind of I don't know a roundish baby face before they did that, and I think the beard really helps a lot. The locator beam won't help. They'll never think to look for you this far away. Enterprise, this is Picard. Stop this foolishness, Q. Return me to the Enterprise. I suggest you change your attitude. Petulance does not become you. 
We have business, Picard. Keeping me a prisoner here will not compel me to discuss anything with you. John Delancey is is wonderful as Q. I've seen him uh, at a convention before, and he's just a great guy, real fun. your advice, Lieutenant, and I'll take it to heart. Guinan, can I get you something? We're fine. Is everything all right? I don't know. I uh, think I'll go check out engineering. I'll go with you. Where's the captain? In his quarters. Captain, this is Councilor Troy. Computer, locate Captain Picard. The captain is not on the ship. Commander. Well, there's, there's a, a surprise. From bay two. All stop. Answering all stop, sir. really interesting to watch uh, Next Generation now when you think about all no the response. model effects and things that Sensors were done on the show no or other ships prior to CGI, which I Enterprise, the Star Trek Enterprise series, How could he get to the shuttle bay? everything the was basically CGI and the, the ship effects. We're find him. I want to begin a methodical search. Worf, set sensors on maximum scan. Data, use our present location as a center. Plot a search pattern from these coordinates to cover the most area in the least time. Search pattern has been input, sir. Engage, Mr. Crusher. First officer's log, stardate 42761.3. We have not been able to determine why or how Captain Picard left the Enterprise. We can't even be certain he is in the missing shuttle, although that is the assumption on which we are proceeding. For the last six hours, we've been searching without success. We have covered the area in a spherical pattern. You would think the computer would be programmed to alert them if somebody ends up, like, off the ship somehow. And also, you'd think also that if a shuttlecraft was all of a sudden missing, something would show up. Decades? I'm ageless, Picard. You are not. The Enterprise will continue with Riker as captain. You're an impossibly stubborn human. Q is bouncing return the ball me to my ship. off of the hull of the ship. If I inside. return you to your ship, will you agree to give my request a full hearing? You're right, Picard. This is the proper venue for our discussion. Now they're back on the ship, uh, on the Enterprise, in 10 forward. <laughs> Commander, our status board indicates the shuttle is back in Bay 2. Computer, locate Captain Picard. Captain Picard is in 10 forward. that this episode and a lot of Next Generation episodes use quite a bit of background music a lot more than maybe some of the other Star Trek uh, later series did and if you'd like I'd be more than pleased to expedite her departure you know him we have had some dealings those dealings were two centuries ago this creature is not what she appears to be she's an imp and where she goes trouble always follows You're speaking of yourself, Q, not Guinan. Guinan? Is that your name now? Guinan is not the issue here. You are. We had an agreement that you would stop meddling with us. And so I have. What do you want, Q? You state your business. Get on with it. I agree, Captain. Enough about this creature. She's diverting us from the purpose of my being here. Which is? Oh, the redoubtable Commander Riker. And microbrain, growl for me. Let me know you still care. Wolf. My purpose is to join you. To join us as what? As a member of the crew, willing and able, ready to serve. This ship is already home for the indigent, the unwanted, the unworthy. 
Why not for a homeless? Yeah, for an omnipotent type of being with all the power that he has, it's always interesting. Interesting why Q has always been so fascinated by humans. Able to serve. What would you do? Would you start as an ordinary crewman? Hmm? What task is too menial for an entity? Sir, do you mock me? Not at all. That's the last thing I would do. You, by definition, are part of our charter. Our mission is to seek out new and different life forms, and you certainly qualify as one of the most unique I've ever encountered. To learn about you is frankly provocative. But you're next of kin to chaos. Captain, at least allow me to present my argument. Worf. Worf just wants to pound the guy. He does not like Q. After our last encounter, I was asked to leave the Q continuum. Since then, I've been wandering vaguely. Bored, really. My existence without purpose. Then I remembered all the good times I had with you. The good times? The first time we met you, you put us on trial for the crimes of humanity. Of which you were exonerated. The next time we saw you, you asked me to join the Q continuum. A big mistake that you didn't accept my offer. More and more I realize that here, here is where I want to be. Think of the advantages. Now, I neither expect nor require any special treatment. And if necessary, although I can't imagine why... You always had reminded me of Trelane from the original series, and there's a good book, uh, I think the author's name is Peter David, wrote a book called Q Squared, which uh, takes off on that idea of Q and the Trelane and his family being connected, being uh, basically Trelane and uh, his parents being part of the Q also. And all you do is complain. Where's your adventurous spirit, your imagination? Think, Picard, Think think of the possibilities simply speaking we don't trust you well that's smart that's uh well, he's not to not be trust trusted me, you do need me you're not prepared for what awaits you how can we be prepared for that which we do not know but i do know that we are ready to encounter it really yes absolutely that's why we're out here oh the arrogance they don't have a clue as to what's out here but they will learn Adapt. That is their greatest advantage. They're moving faster than expected, further than they should. By whose calculations? You judge yourselves against the pitiful adversaries you've encountered so far. The Romulans, the Klingons. They're nothing compared to what's waiting. Picard, you are about to move into areas of the galaxy containing wonders more incredible than you can possibly imagine. And terrors to freeze your soul. I offer myself as guide, only to be rejected out of hand. We'll just have to do the best we can without you. What justifies that smugness? Not smugness, not arrogance. But we're resolute, we're determined. And your help. You should kind of see where, which way Q is leading him down a path here, and they, they should sort of be we'll aware. We'll just have to see how ready you are. Q! snapped his fingers, the Enterprise is like hurtling across space. Bridge, this is the captain. All stop. Answering all stop, sir. Status. According to these coordinates, we have traveled 7,000 light years and are located near the system J25. Travel time to the nearest starbase. At maximum warp in two years, seven months, three days, 18 hours, we would reach starbase 185. Why? Why? Why to give you a taste of your future? A preview of things. Gotta do the math on that sometimes. Seven thousand light years does not seem that far for the the enterprise. The orchestra engage. It's now time to see if you can dance. I always thought he'd hurtled them a lot further than only seven thousand light years in this galaxy. Yes. What can you tell us? Only that if I were you, I'd start back now. Captain's log, stardate 42761.9. 
Despite Guinan's warning, I feel compelled to investigate this unexplored sector of the galaxy before heading back. Captain, the sixth planet in the system is Class M. There is a series of roads on this planet which indicates a highly industrialized civilization. But where there should be cities, there are only great rips in the surface. It is though some great force just scooped all the machine elements off the face of the planet. It is identical to what happened to the outposts along the neutral zone. Captain, we are being probed. That's an important the point. The Borg were supposed to first be introduced at the course. end of the first season in the episode The Neutral Zone because they were the ones that destroyed some of the outposts there, Magnified. but the Enterprise that initially blamed the Romulans. So, And they're, they're kind okay. of saying that the Borg the did end right. up sort of near Federation way. space at that time, but, but maybe just left through a transwarp conduit or something. Mr. Data, what can you tell us? The ship is strangely generalized in design. There is no specific bridge, no command center. There is no engineering section. Now they're seeing the Borg cube, of course, uh, on screen. I can identify no living quarters. Life signs. There is no indication of life. Lieutenant Worf, what is the alert status? I detect no shields, no weapons of any known design. Hailing frequencies. Open. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. No response. This is Captain Picard representing the United Federation of Planets. Guinan. Activate your view screen. I would like you to monitor what's going on up here. I may need your input. This is like the first and only time you see Guinan in this little office. You're familiar with this life form? Yes. My people encountered them a century ago. They destroyed our cities. Scattered my people throughout the galaxy. They're called the Borg. Protect yourself, Captain, or they'll destroy you. Shields up. Aye, sir. All decks, stand by. I think I would just, with all the warnings, just be getting out of there, but... Now, Jordy's down in uh, engineering and a, and a Borg just transported in. Security, report to main engineering. We have an intruder. Borg's just sort of looking over the engineering panels, studying things, studying the Enterprise. Status. It seemed to make a visual survey of the engine core, sir. Then it moved in here. Interesting, isn't it? Not a he, not a she. Not like anything you've ever seen. An enhanced humanoid. What is it you want? We mean you no harm. Do you understand me? Understand you? You're nothing to him. He's not interested in your life form. He's just a scout, the first of many. He's here to analyze your technology. He may attempt to gain control of the ship. I wouldn't let him. Stop! I cannot allow you to interfere with the operation of this ship. Mr. Wolf. Edson. Why they haven't tried to like just to neutralize the invader? Transport him off the Enterprise. Oh. 
finally wore, you know, turned up his phaser a couple of notches, put a couple more D batteries in it, and, and blasted the Borg. But now another one shows up. This guy seems to have adapted. He's got a personal shield that's protecting him against the phaser weapon. Which is, of course, the big problem with the, the Borg. How they, they can adapt to the weapons and change. The second Borg grabbed a few parts off the first and then transported back off the Enterprise. Probably trying to gather data and more information about the Enterprise. Uh, now it's time for the usual briefing room the scene. I've requested Guinan to participate in this conference. You are aware of what occurred just now in main engineering. Yes. What happened between your people and the Borg? I wasn't there personally. But from what I'm told, they swarmed through our system. And when they left... There was little or nothing left of my people. Guinan, if they were that aggressive, why didn't the Borg attack? They could have, but they didn't. They don't do that individually. That's not their way. When they decide to come, they're going to come in force. They don't do anything piecemeal. Then the initial encounter was solely for the purpose of gathering information. Yes. How do we reason with them? Let them know that we're not a threat. You don't. I've never known anyone who did. Captain, we are being hailed. On screen. Yeah, that's, this is uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the U.S. We have analyzed your defensive capabilities as being unable to withstand us. If you defend yourselves, you will be punished. We're not dealing with an individual mind. They don't have a single leader. It's the collective mind. What I was going to say is Picard's very much used to dealing with beings and creatures that can be reasoned yes, with. Yes, a single leader can make mistakes. And you can make compromises, the but homes. the Borg are not Picard. like that. They're a single-minded entity. They Picard, are you sure you don't want They don't reason. They do what they want to do. Captain, the Borg have locked onto us with some form of tractor beam. We're on our way. Report, Lieutenant. That beam is draining our shields. If they pull down our shields, we're helpless. Warp 8, any heading, engage. Captain, the beam is holding us here. Increase the power. Shields weakening. Shields will be down in 18 seconds. Okay, the exact source of that tractor beam. Lock on phases. Phases locked on target. Fire. They still have us. Shields are down, sir. Laser beam is slicing into the saucer section. You're carving us up like a roast. With whatever force necessary, terminate that beam. Fire when ready. Again, Mr. Wolf. Actually, put a pretty couple good. Holes in the Borg tractor beam is released, sir. I think because the Borg maybe weren't quite expecting, or this is as strong as some future of Borg they encounter. Section 272829 on decks 4, 5, and 6. Destroyed. Casualties. 18 were in that section and are missing. What is the condition of the alien ship? They have sustained damage to 20% of their vessel. Life support's minimal. 
conference. Like I said, it was uh, it was a little surprising, at least watching this one now after watching the future Borg episodes, uh, how much damage they really did with a couple of uh, phaser blasts. The circuits that control the shields, they've been fused. If you can't reprogram, then reroute. Eighteen people. Dead just like that. I know. Just put it out of your head. No, I can't. I keep seeing them. Sonia, stop it. We'll have time to grieve later. Now, right now, let's just get these shields operative. Hmm? Right, right. Of course. There's sort of an, an analogy I see here going with Gomez being the newbie in engineering and Q saying that they're not ready to deal with what's out there. And, well, it's it's sort of Sonia Gomez in engineering that's sort of not ready for, certainly not ready for the Borg. Which has been developing for thousands of centuries. The Borg is the ultimate user. They're unlike any threat your Federation has ever faced. They're not interested in political conquest, wealth, or power as you know it. They're simply interested in your ship, its technology. They've identified it as something they can consume. You brought us here, you exposed us to it, and you cost us the lives of our shipmates. Oh, please. Number one. Eighteen of our people have died. Please, tell us this is one of your illusions. Oh, no. This is as real as your so-called life gets. This is Lieutenant LaForge, Captain. We've been able to restore power to the shields. Very good. Captain, I have the casualty list coming on screen. Cancel. We'll deal with that later. Sir, if we're going to have any further dealings with the Borg now or in the future... I think we should find out all we can about them. Visit the ship. In my opinion, that's the only choice. Assemble a minimal away team. What? Mr. Worf, transporter room three. Data. Okay, who who, go there who think that's a bad idea? I don't know, Guinan. They paid us a visit. It seems only fair that we return the courtesy. thinks they should just turn around and get the heck out of there while they can. It's interesting that he, uh, log John from Russia had an audio clip race, which calls and he's made a point in that saying they basically bring Guinan into these conferences but they don't really listen to her. I'm going to play his audio later at the end of the episode here but he's absolutely right. Yeah, they, she's the expert and they don't really listen to her. Set phases on stunt. Be ready to increase power in case we need it. So it's uh, Riker, Worf, and, and Data going over uh, with good old Chief O'Brien beaming him over to the board ship. I've always liked the the design of the Borg and the Borg ships, uh, very hive-like. You can see some of the original ideas of, of having them be an insect race with sort of that hive mentality uh, coming into play here in the designs and, and the way they operate. in these slots, they become a part of the whole and no longer read as separate life forms. Some of the guys I read that the uh, some of the people that worked on some of the still suits in the Dune movie also worked on the Borg outfits for this episode, which is interesting because they have a very similar look. They're sort of a dark, you know, dark black leather covering with tubes and things on them. The Borg crew survived. They appear to be in some kind of stasis. Explain. There are slots along the wall, kind of like compartments. There are two Borg in each one. Captain. I would theorize that the Borg are somehow interconnected through these slots and are working collectively. We're going to try to access their main computer.
I always like how they can, you know, no matter where they go, what ship they end up on, it, it's always, let's access their main computer like it's that easy board. to do. Bring bring their little USB sticks and Here's plug them the into the board cube. Like a juggernaut, it could begin moving at any moment. The technology required to achieve this biological and artificial interface is far beyond our capabilities. There are many advantages. Speed being the most obvious. This ship literally just thinks what it wants, and then it happens. That's a good point. They they all work together single-mindedly, which, which is a, an advantage, but it's also a disadvantage, too, because if they come up with they the wrong plan and the Borg do or the wrong idea, well, that's, that's, it's going to work against them. They're all working towards that end. And if they're going the wrong direction, for example, well, there's nobody else that's saying, hey, you know, maybe we should be going the other way. It's kind of hard to describe, but in the in the episode, which I've talked about before, The Best of Both Worlds, that really is is used against them. Riker takes big advantage of that when he fights uh, Picard as he's after he becomes Locutus. He, you know, Locutus doesn't understand. He has a certain strategy. He knows that Starfleet and the Enterprise will follow, I'm getting a little on a tangent here, but but then Riker sort of throws out the book and comes up with his own strategy, and it works great, of course, in that episode. If you're fixed on the away team, waivers in the slightest. Beam them back immediately. Count on it, sir. a uh, director, David Livingston secretary, his name is Carol, I'm reading it here, uh, Eisner, her baby is actually the baby Borg that they find in this uh, compartment. From the look of it, the Borg are born as a biological life form. It seems that almost immediately after birth, they begin artificial implants. Apparently, the Borg have developed the technology to link artificial intelligence directly into the humanoid brain. Well, that's a little gross. Astounding. I just uh, had a picture in my mind of two Borg, you know, meeting at a bar somewhere, but uh, I I have a feeling they they do everything sort of artificially, let's just say, that uh, there's not a whole lot of big bar scenes going on on the Borg cube. The ship appears to be (laughs) regenerating. Perhaps this explains why they have not taken notice of our presence. Their collective effort is being directed into repairing this vessel. Captain, the Borg seem to be using their combined power to repair the ship. Transporter chief, beam the away team directly to the bridge. Well, now you finally figured it out. Of course they're going to repair their ship and, and try to take you out again. Why did it take him really that long to figure that out? I mean, it was neat to see the inside of the Borg ship, but come on. Captain, the Borg are in pursuit. On screen. Magnify. Increase to 10 to the third power. It's continuing to regenerate. Let's see if we can outrun them. Mr. Laporte. I want maximum warp for as long as we can hold it. Yes, sir. I think what I failed to think about there with the Enterprise, with their weapons damaging the Borg cube so much, and they don't do it later on, is that the the Borg change and adapt to the Enterprise and the Federation weapons. And each time they encounter them in the future, they have to come up with new, you know, new phaser frequencies and all that good stuff so that the Borg aren't each time are not nearly as damaged as they are the first time they're blasted with something. Breach, this is engineering. We are now at warp 9.65. The Borg are still gaining. They will follow the ship until you exhaust your fuel. They will wear down your defenses. Then you will be there. Admit it, Picard. You're out of your league. You should have stayed where you belong. 
Well, yeah, they're they're absolutely out, out of their league. Q knew exactly where to throw them to. The Enterprise and the board ship. Engineering the bridge. Go ahead. You've got all we can give you. I understand, Mr. Laporte. Captain, the enemy vessel is firing on us. There are no reports of any damage to the Enterprise. Captain, the target was not the ship. The weapon was designed to drain the shields. Confirmed. Shield effectiveness has been reduced 12%. Captain, the Borg ship is closing. They're firing again. Shields have been reduced 41%. Another hit and we will be defenseless. Arm the photon torpedoes. Torpedoes armed. Fire the photons. The Borg ship was not damaged. You can't outrun them. You can't destroy them. If you damage them, the essence of what they are remains. They regenerate and keep coming. Eventually, you will weaken. Your reserves will be gone. They are relentless. The board ship is firing. We have lost shields again. Yeah, they haven't really come up with a way of remodulating the shields here yet. Captain, we've just lost the warp engines. Where's your stubbornness now, Picard? Your arrogance? Do you still profess to be prepared for what awaits you? The board ship is re-establishing its tractor beam. Lock on photon torpedoes. Yes, sir. Without our shields, at this range, there is a high degree of probability that a photon detonation could destroy the Enterprise. Prepare to fire. I'll be leaving now. You thought you could handle it. So handle it. Q. End this. Moi? What makes you think I'm either inclined or capable to terminate this encounter? If we all die here, now, you will not be able to gloat. You wanted to frighten us. We're frightened. You wanted to show us that we were inadequate for the moment. I grant that. You wanted me to say, I need you. I need you! And there goes the Enterprise back out of Borg space. It's, uh... It's a little funny to me that Picard didn't just say to Q earlier, of course it would have ended the episode, but... Zero seven zero mark six three sir. He's a little bit more arrogant than you would think we and say we we're not ready for this, you know, Q. You you put us in an area that we're not ready for and send us home, please. That's a difficult admission. Another man would have been humiliated to say those words. Another man would have rather died than ask for help. I understand what you've done here, Q. But I think the lesson could have been learned without the loss of eighteen members of my crew. If you can't take a little bloody nose, maybe you ought to go back home and crawl under your bed. It's not safe out here. It's wondrous, with treasures to satiate desires both subtle and gross. But it's not for the timid. Of course, the big impact here is that the Borg now know about the Enterprise, it knows about the Federation, it knows about that area of space, and over the course of... You know, the rest of the seasons in TNG and Voyager especially, that's going to be a big uh, a big problem for, for the humans and, and the rest of the Federation. Q set a series of events into motion, bringing your contact with the Borg much sooner than it should have come. Ow. Perhaps when you're ready, it might be possible to establish a relationship with them. But for now, for right now, you're just raw material to them. Since they're aware of your existence. They will be coming. 
You can bet on it. Yeah, and of course the big uh, the big episodes for the Borg turn out to be just uh, in a season away in the third season ending with the best of both worlds which I covered uh, many many podcasts Maybe back Q did the right thing for the wrong reason how so well perhaps what we most needed was a kick in our complacency to prepare us for what lies ahead yeah there's something to be said for that uh, you know they they do become a little more prepared the Federation Starfleet with the idea of the Borg and what they need to do to fight them if the Borg had made it all the way to Federation space, turn this music, uh, turn this ending music down a little bit. If the Borg had made it all the way to Federation space without them ever encountering encountering them ahead of time, it could have been devastating, just like it was with Guinan's people. So, yeah, the Borg know about the Federation, but the Federation also know about the Borg, which is an, an important point and and one I never really thought about uh, that much before. Because, truthfully, like Picard said there at the end, Q has really given them an advantage. Yeah, they lost a few crewmen, but they gained some knowledge and information of an enemy that's that's coming. Now, you could you could also say that that the Borg may never have shown up in Federation space. May have come years and years later when the Federation and Starfleet were more powerful and could handle them better. But that's that's difficult to say. They had already probed out there in. They had already probed out there, excuse me, in the, the episode The Neutral Zone. Some kind of ship popped out there, destroyed a few colonies, and then took off again for some reason. But it's, it is it is probably important here to note that Q may be, you know, in a, in a sort of roundabout way. Maybe he didn't intend it, but he, he may have just helped out the whole Federation and Starfleet by, by letting them know about the Borg. But that's, uh, there you go, that's Q Who. Uh, a great episode from the second season of Next Generation, and the more I, uh, you know, I've I've said many times, uh, TOS and, and the Kirk and Spock era is my favorite. I grew up with it, and and so on, and and it just holds a certain spot in in my heart and mind for those episodes and the, that show. But the Next Generation was was a great follow up to that. You have a very well rounded cast and crew some great episodes there's a few clunkers in there but in general very very top-notch writing in episodes next generation i mean ron moore worked on the early years went on now to do battlestar galactica which is a great series and it's uh, it's it's just just a great episode and a great set of um episodes overall in next generation so i'm gonna take a quick break and come back and wrap up the show hey everyone this is scott johnson from the extra life radio show you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with my friend Rico. Okay, I'm back. Uh, one thing I want to play here quickly, I want to play John John's comment, audio comment. This is another uh, voicemail that I got in his uh comments on the episode that we just talked about Q who so I'll play that and then I'm going to talk about a collectible real quick hello Rico this is John Sumlach calling again from Moscow uh, and since you're going to talk about a TNG episode uh, next show I definitely want to get a word in on that I'll try to speak a little bit more clearly this time since my voice was a little bit difficult to understand previously. Um, I just rewatched this episode, and uh, I like it. Um, I wouldn't call it one of my favorites, but it's good, and it's historically important because it introduces the Borg, which is probably the, the uh, you know one of the better villains in Star Trek history. Um, one thing I find interesting is that uh, Guinan. Uh, as in many episodes, becomes an important source of uh, cryptic information. She's a little bit like a Cassandra. And especially in this episode, because um, you know, she's, her advice is supposedly so valued that she's actually invited to the, I think it's the observation lounge where the senior officers meet. But both times that Guinan actually gives 
specific advice on what to do, she's uh, not only ignored, but the, um, the, the captain or wrecker blatantly do the opposite. So um, that's uh, an interesting point. I don't know if it's a flaw or not. Um, the only other thing that I might say I, I, I thought could have been done differently or something is that you know, the Borg, obviously, as I said, are one of the important villains in Star Trek. And, you know, it might have been nice if they had been introduced into the show, not by uh, Q simply throwing them into it, but maybe could have been uh, something that was developed over several episodes and something that the Enterprise basically uh, got into themselves without Q's intervention. But... You know, that's the way it happened, and I think it, in general, worked out well. Thank you. Well, thanks for those great comments again, John. Uh, yeah, this, uh, like like I mentioned in the episode where it was playing, it is interesting that they kind of ignore Guinan and her recommendations, but I talked about that a little bit, and, and it, it maybe overall it worked out okay that they now know about the Borg, and it, it may have helped them more than hurt them, perhaps. So, again, thanks for your comments. And uh, that voicemail, I think, came through a little bit better this time, but I think I had emailed you and said probably easier if you record an MP3 and send it in that way. Uh, I don't know if that's available for you uh, where you're at, but that uh, that can be a little clearer. Those those free voicemail systems out there are, are not the greatest, and when it goes through and then it ends up on the podcast, it still um, it loses a little something. So, anyway, but thanks thanks very much for your uh, voice comments and uh, there's a couple of collectibles i just want to talk about before we we wrap up the show for another week uh two two things i've gotten recently uh, one uh, is a uh, next generation related it is uh, a deanna troy action figure i don't really collect action figures as much as i used to i used to collect pretty much well everything trek that came out action figure wise the smaller ones the larger ones i've got quite a few boxes of those stashed away and Star Wars, I used to collect a lot of the action figures for that. But I don't know, they just got to be, it got especially with Star Wars, I think, got to, got to be a little overwhelming to keep up. And I kind of, I was even at the store yesterday and saw a couple of that looked pretty neat of their new Star Wars line. But I, I just kind of left them there on the pegs. I don't know, I just, I, I'm more into the props and the little higher end and nicer pieces from movies and TV than than the action figures. But with all that even said, I did pick up, there's an exclusive EntertainmentEarth.com edition, uh, a new edition of Deanna Troy in sort of her, I guess it's sort of the purplish colored outfit. I'll put some pictures up on the website of this action figure. I think I got it mainly because uh, it was an exclusive edition at, uh, from the EntertainmentEarth.com website. And it's, it's done by Art Asylum, who, who is doing the current line of Star Trek action figures. And they did a really good job with these. They're, they're a little larger scale than the old Trek action figures that used to come out. I think it's probably, I'm not sure what scale these are. They're not three and three quarter inch, that's for sure. They're more like six inch size figures, give or take an inch. And it's a, it's a real nice pa- packaging job. Uh, again, the easier way to look at this is go to the website, and there will be some pictures up in the podcast notes for this week. And I think entertainmentearth.com still has these uh, uh, for sale, so if you're interested in, in Trek action figures, definitely take a look for this piece. The other collectible that I wanted to mention that I got, uh, I actually I also got this from Entertainment Earth. It's uh, also by Master Replicas, which is another big company I buy a lot from. But this is a fairly inexpensive replica. Both of these this week, I think the action figure was like fourteen ninety nine, and this was about the same price range, fifteen dollars. This is from the latest Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man's Chest movie. It's a replica of the Davy Jones key for the the chest, the Dead Man's Chest in the movie. There's a little rusty old key call, uh, from that Davy Jones carries around in the movie and this is a replica of that and it's it's very nice they've done a few pirates of the caribbean replicas master replicas has has done and the jack sparrow's pistol which i picked up and talked about before they did his compass and some coins from the first movie and this this uh this key they also have jack sparrow's ring out there but these are nice little replicas because they're not like i said they're not hundred dollars or a couple hundred dollar replicas they're just a couple, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, small little nice packaging for them, and they did a nice job on this. So 
take a look at entertainmentearth.com. There's other websites that are holding these right now, so you can find them uh, in many places. So that's it for the replica section, and we're going to just come back in a second and finish off the show. All right, well, I've got to uh, got to wrap up the podcast because my, my kids are itching to uh, play some video games because it's in the same area of the house where I do my podcast. And I have my younger son, Eric, here who's who's complaining, right, hey, Eric? No. <laughs> Eric? I want to, no. I've, I, you said 10.05, it's now 10.23, and, and I want to play Dead Rising and kill zombies. And, ugh, finish. God. Done. And there's there's the teenagers of today. No patience at all. So with that, I'm going to sign off. I better get done and because he's about to fire up the good old Xbox 360 and kill some zombies. So yeah. until uh, I'll do a show this Wednesday, we'll announce what we're going to talk about next uh, next Sunday. And until then, if you've got any comments to send me, treksf at gmail.com. Always great to hear from the people listening to the show. And listen to um, Extra Life with Rico's Reviews this week. Talk to everyone later. Have a good week. Bye-bye. This has been a Rick Dosti production. This podcast, copyright 2006, all rights reserved.